Good evening and thank you for coming for today's session. It's interesting to see the variance in audiences for every speaker. Uh, and this is the fourth evening of this exhibition. For those of you who haven't come before, the exhibition is called Corridors of Power. My name is Anjana Hattatu. I'm the curator of this. I'm also a senior researcher at the Center for Policy Alternatives and editor of groundviews.org, a civic media platform. Uh, in terms of a very brief introduction, the exhibition tries to, in spatial and physical terms, express the power enshrined in the 1972 Constitution, the 78th, the 13th, 18th, and 19th Amendments. The buildings that you see around you, the architectural schematics, and the plot of land, as it were, is based on the collaboration between two individuals with myself, Channa Daswatta, who uh, is the architect, and his firm and his team who drew the drawings, and obviously the original sketches are his. And the original research was by a colleague, an old friend of mine called Asanga Valikala, who did the research upon which Channa constructed what is around you. The speakers today, I am extremely pleased, are present with us. And in, in so far as Shiral goes, also I'm, 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 I'm indebted for, uh, for his kindness in accepting what was a very late invitation given his schedule as coordinating secretary of the president and a, and a long, long, longer actually political activist and human rights advocate in this country before he took office uh, with the president, Maithit Parasirisena. Um, the, the, the question that we wanted to address today was and is pivotal to, I think, a constitution-making process moving on into the future. Every single speaker we've had since this exhibition started has gone into the challenge, the problem of the F-word, most notably Mr. Rohana Dirsingha, but also Jayampati Vikramaratna, uh, on, uh, uh, on the second day of the exhibition uh, and looking at how uh, power sharing, uh, devolution uh, and indeed federalism, the F word, can take root and take seed, if at all, in the future, given what it has inspired in terms of emotions and responses whenever it has been talked about or tried to be introduced in the past. And I think this question is absolutely fundamental and critical moving forward insofar as integration and incorporation into a constitution or a constitution-making process. As the description some of you may have got over email and is online as well, very clearly notes the simple introduction of the term, leave aside any kind of rational discussion around it, risks the entire process. And Shiral, certainly with his vast experience, also interestingly, during Chandika Bandarnaka Kumaratunga's uh, uh, presidency with the Sudunelum Vyapare and the Sama Tavalama initiatives uh, has uh, the art of the long view. So he has also very interesting historical perspectives that, are, that is quite unique. I'm also uh, extremely grateful, and I cannot say how much, uh, to Faiz for joining us today. Faiz is no less worthy a commentator uh, uh, and is, I think, uh, I don't want to embarrass him by putting out in the public domain what he is involved in and what he does, but suffice to say that today he's here literally under great pain. And he gave me a call 
saying that he might not be able to make it. Uh, and I'm very, very grateful that, and this is why we also exchange the seats as well, so that he is a, he's a bit more comfortable. So even with great physical pain, that uh, he finds this you, basically, important enough to come and uh, share some of his thoughts around the topic as well. The format, for those of you who have come on earlier evenings, will be the same. Shiral will present his keynote for around 20 or 25 minutes, followed by commentary and interrogation, perhaps, or even a conversation with Faiz, after which we will open it up to the floor for questions and answers. As has been the case, all of the proceedings are recorded and will be subsequently put up online in terms of a podcast. So I please ask, also when you ask a question, I'll remind you then as well, to please wait until a mic is in your hands to make your comment or ask your question. And with that, I kindly invite Shiral to present his keynote uh, from here. Thank you, Sanjana. Uh, may I formally thank the organizers for inviting me for this, uh, this course. Actually, it's a novel discourse, and I greatly learned a lot from this architectural uh, or sort of a constitutional discourse connected with architectural pat, uh, designs. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. And, uh, for coming here and uh, starting a sort of a discourse which is perennial for our political uh, discourse which starts from 19, I think 1926, that is the recorded uh, history where Mr. S.W.R.D. Bandarnayaka spoke about federalism in Jaffna, which is reported in somewhere, I think, uh, Saturday Review or something. Since then, <coughs> time to time, different generations started, but few people started to infuse this debate. But uh, after how many decades? More than eight decades, Still, this discourse is going on, but as a person who stood for the Tamil rights and the Tamil uh, solution, I don't see any future, even at this juncture. Therefore, it's uh, very pertinent to say, I don't know, uh, the organizers have dedicated two days this discussion for effort and national question. Uh, so this federalism is a very interesting uh, connection with this country, which has always continued with love and hate connection. As a person <clears throat> who has involved with this Tamil question from my university days uh, evolved into various stages since nine, uh, 1985 or 86. I think I have <clears throat> some kind of experience, a critique on this issue. That's why when Sanjana 
told me whether I can come and deliver this lecture, I thought I should share, the, share this experience and also I want to record this. Because I have a critique not only for Sinhala masses but also Tamil masses with my experience. When you think about marketing federalism or educating federalism or adopting federal structures, first of all, most important thing is, thing is to understand the scope of the concept or notion. What I see in Sri Lanka, different schools, different thoughts, different political forces are having different notions and descriptions on federalism. Therefore, I thought it's, it would be helpful for our discourse to start or express my opinion, putting, up, putting forward how I feel about federalism. Because federalism is a, uh, not a static word. To me, federalism composes, encompasses structures. I do mean that is state structures when I say structures. And processes, that is state processes. And culture that creates attitudes. That is the first sentence I like to put forward when I define the word federalism. The secondly, these structures, these processes, this culture is connected with non-centralization. So it has a very distinct meaning compared to decentralization, deconcentration or delegation of powers. So it, I'm, I want to emphasize that it's, it's, it represents non-centralization. There was no singular, similar word in this, for this word, but we created in 90s or in 2000 somewhere, we used it as nirmadhyagata, non-centralized. In Sri Lanka, in Sri Lankan political discourse, the most difficult part, it's very easy to talk political concepts in English audience. But in Sinhala audience, that is the challenge where we always face. Translating correct meaning and utilization of correct meaning is a real challenge. Some people use power sharing, decentralization, deconcentration, delegation with no idea. That is the problem. So, <clears throat> I want to place my definition on federalism. That is, it's not only structure, it's a culture also. Now, if you look at the Swiss people, i fortunate that our Swiss national also here in this audience, they are not only 
structured bound structure bound but there is a culture connected with whereas in sri lanka we are highly centralized people it start from our family our father is the center father is the dictator father decides everything so we develop a centralized culture throughout our life and in politics also we propagate this centralization that is the reality of this country this centralization leads to corruption centralization leads to uh, anti democratic practices and centralization leads to the various other vices and also colombians in sri lanka colombo centric people the look at colombo colombo centric people never think other sri lankans are existing this is a colonial thinking so in such a case how can you argue or criticize for masses not accepting federalism non centralized thinking culture look at colombo look at colombo elites right so they they are centralized school centric or caste centric yes one gentleman is still wearing royal on royal huh? okay very good right so we are like that so this is this is culture connected this whole discourse so therefore my hypothesis what i am talking about when i was asked to do that when i put my experience uh, <coughs> why we couldn't and why we cannot market federalism i will put like to put this into a sort of a sentence or hypothetical argument it is that i i rather like to say the marketing which we did for last several years education and political discourse alone will not help to uproot f psyche from the singhala society and it needs deep rooted policy changes in incremental manner to remove security syndrome i will explain it later on existing within the singhala society so this is my particular argument which i develop through my last two three decades of experience i was a very passionate promoter of federalism still i believe but i don't see a future for that in in near period because we were not try to look at that problem in a broader manner the way i have defined now look at look at now we used to criticize singhala society because even the, uh, when you put this headline effort effort connected to singhala society no 
But I am saying on the other hand, the Tamil society also played the play around with this whole concept. They are looking only as a structure only. Look at Tamil society, the way they are using federalism. They are using only for their particular narrow political gain. That is, they want to introduce a structure alone. They are not bothered about processes. They are not bothered about uh, culture, non-centralized culture. Therefore, I see there are three main challenges. If you want to uproot this F psyche from the society, where we have to first understand what are the difficulties in institutionalizing the, the word or concept of federalism. The first problem I see is that the inherent problems involved with the notion of federalism in application it to the different political context. So, now take India, notionally. India is a federal country. South Africa is also a federal country. There are so many subcategories, I am not going to explain it. Structurally, India and South Africa is a federal country. But process-wise, it's a unitary country. Uh, centrif there is a, now, in, now, now if you go into deep, if you look at now, uh, linguistically I can say this, but when it applies to mechanics, centrifugal and centrifugal powers have to be equal in a federal system. But if it is not equal, equally happening, then we give various names. Confederacies, quasi-federalism, consociation models, etc., etc. But now India is a quasi-federal system, but act like a act like a unitary state. South Africa is also like that. Now, if you look at Japan and Sweden, which is structurally structurally uh, unitary, but act like, process-wise, act like federal states in their tax collection, utilization of tax is a very good example. Then, similarly, you know, there are several models in, there is no uniform model. Now, when it applies, if you look at the way even Switzerland in concern, they started as confederacy, but ended up as a federal. In Germany, federal system now evolved into a, some kind of ad hoc unitary state. That's why they have formed, uh, established another commission also. So likewise, my basic idea, one problem of unable to market 
federalism in sri lanka notionally is connected with is its inherent discrepancies in application so when you when you want to apply something or market something you have to market a product no so when you market you want to market but what is the best quasi federalism consociationalism or there are various forms of federal system what is the best for sri lanka so therefore it varies so that is first problem i see i understand in marketing or educating on value of federalism in sri lanka the second thing is more political the first one is notional the second one is when this goes to the tamil polity from i think 1929 the discourse of tamil politics although they started talking on federalism nobody was talking the proportionality so the even recently tna in its manifesto said we want federalism the what is the proportionate connection which kind of federal system we want to introduce to sri lanka now i can remember that is a first no i i will so that that's a main problem nobody talks about that what is the perfect particular model of federalism which needs to address tamil people's problem now tamil people's problem i understand as a question now uh lack or dearth of political liberty and political equality so then what are, what is the connection what is the connected solution for that that is one first problem i see under the second second issue this the second part of that issue is since 1929 when this question for the first time surfaced when the britishers want to introduce dynamo constitution there was a huge debate uh, erupted at that time between tamil politics and tamil elite politics and tamil singhal elite politics on what is the appropriate model for parliamentary representation communal representation versus territorial representation that was 19 that is the genesis of this whole federalism debate 
from there onwards it started gradually evolve but when when it come to 1970s i feel tamil ethno political action when it started in 1973 after converting tuf that is a tamil united front into tulf where they for the first time they converted minority rights based struggle into a ethnic liberation struggle where they for the first time they started that their struggle is based on self determination when they started this discourse most of the, the people at that time never even heard of certain or even dreamt of certain icj judgments like baltic case at icj baltic case of icj is very relevant case for us for sri lanka where when the lithuania estonia and the another country wanted to secede from the soviet union they went to rent before uh, icj and they said the icj said or oh, for the first time they put forward the idea of this external factor and internal factor of self determination then icj said if certain two nations or countries came together as a result of international co- covenant or whatever the agreement those countries can secede therefore they can enjoy the external factor of self determination but whereas the nations or ethnic groups who historically stayed together they cannot enjoy right to secession but they have the right to self determination they have to enjoy internal factor of self determination so getting the precedence from icj we at uh, berlin or what declaration uh, uh, oslo declaration after talking with mr balasingham sri lankan government agreed that applicable notion of federalism is based on internal factor of self determination so if it is correct position at that time i will argue vadukode declaration is a wrong political wrong politically wrong notion so look at the way we based on incorrect foundation political foundation we dragged our society for more than 30 years so my my second argument is that why federalism became a word second point is uh, the tamil politics uh, not applied or tried to apply the notion of federalism federalism proportionate to their grievances
I may be not correct, but that is, that is my argument. So as a result, you created sense of hollowness or double standard within the Sinhala society. Timpu is also same as after the Vadu Kodi. But for the moment I am not saying Tamil people does not have the right of self-organization. I am talking about a specific thing. So therefore that is how I am differentiated from a Sinhala communist. I am not denying the rights of Tamil people to be based on right to self-determination. But right to self-determination connected with internal factor. Whatever they demand beyond that is politically wrong. So, when you try to apply it in Sri Lanka in 1970s, 80s, up to Vadukoda, even our Timpu, so that there was a the kind of a apprehension created within the Sinhala masses or at least in, within the Sinhala intelligentsia, this word is utilized to manipulate the situation. So that the second factor why federalism is become effort in Sri Lanka. The third factor directly connected with the Sinhala psyche. Sinhala psyche is very interesting psyche. We are islanders. Islanders are very insecure people. And always we believe some people are coming to destroy us. And also we think our race will be distinct in near future or someday. This is not a novel situation for Sri Lanka. We have a lot of countries, small countries who are situated or adjacent to big countries are having this kind of feeling. Now look at Cambodians in front of Vietnam. Similar psyche. Look at Koreans near the Japanese people. I can give you a list of names. So this is a geog geopolitically very prevalent condition. That's one thing. Then the primordial thinking of Sinhala politics, we believe, a quote from Champika, my good friend, <laughs> Sinhalese are the nation who created the culture of Sri Lanka. Not the Tamils, not the Sinhalese, uh, not the Muslims, Sinhalese. Therefore, still that power exists and we are not prepared to share that power. That is means sovereignty with any other person. That is the second thinking. Thirdly, connected with this second and partly for the first, Sri Lankan 
Sinhala society, if you look at the, if you study the uh, evolution of this discourse of decentralization, Sri Lankan society or Sinhala society always reluctant to go beyond decentralization. Even 1980s round table uh, collapse when uh, then uh, Reverend Madhya Panyasiya Thero put forward this uh, uh, river basin based thing, based idea on devolution or power sharing. But in, in fact, uh, even this, although we, we say that decentralization, okay, but if you go deep into that, it does not go beyond deconcentration and delegation. And there's another reluctancy to redemarcate the existing districts. These are the very specific psyches existing within the Sri Lanka, Sringhala poli, polity or political mind. So it based on my first and second argument that the primordial definition of the history and other, you know, being islander or whatever. So what happened as a result of these three factors? One is inherent discrepancies, or I'm not saying discrepancies, there is a, so, because in political science, federalism is not a, science or something. It's, it's a tinkering mechanism. You can tinker according to whatever the situation. As a result, we don't have a tangible concept to market. That's the first thing. Second thing is, in, within the Tamil discourse, if you look the, look, the way it has evolved, that demand from 1950, 58, time to time they utilize it to satisfy their political struggle. As a result, uh, no credibility involved with that slogan of federalism. Thirdly, the Sinhala psyche on various grounds, as I said, is preventing introducing federalism as a solution for the state building. So these are the things. So is there any solution for that? So when I say marketing, education and political discourse alone will not do that, I see all these three connected, or the second and third, connected with what I state, uh, security syndrome. Security syndrome is a word we are usually used in international relations, not in political science. So that notion is that when a majoritarian state or system establishing a multicultural society, 
you know very well what happens majoritarianism good for manchester based england even not for the britain or when woodrow wilson established after first world war the notion of nation state it good it was applicable for monolithic states germany like even some others why spain is having a problem why belgium is having problem these days switzerland overcome with that problem because of this notion of nation state so anyhow when you apply this majoritarian democracy in a multicultural state there's a tendency by the minorities to think that uh discrimination based on relative deprivation is happening then they start to react to that thinking which once again begets a re reaction from the majority so ultimately it escalates we can give enough examples for that so therefore my not the prescription my suggestion notionally as well as practically notionally i say let's develop solutions incrementally in order to develop southern confidence you can't rush for federalism as the people want or the one community wants it's a mutual climbing of the pyramid what is what do you mean by i mean practically what do you mean by that i am not for a total constitutional change right now i am suggesting improve the provincial council system there are ways various mean ways of doing that why can't we use this particular consensual politics at this moment to come for a certain agreement between the south southern parliament and north to allow north northern provincial council to utilize that space to enact powers within the concurrent list you can do that with a informal agreement only thing is the parliament has to say we will not object for that so this consensual politics will help for that why can't we use existing finance commission system and change the criteria of disbursement of grants right now finance commission is only i mean using or utilizing its disbursement on population as a criteria there are six other criteria poverty disparity of provinces are there so while losing that you can put more money into north and east provincial council and likewise you can go on there are so many measures you can do that within next 5 years 
and establish a confidence within Sinhala society that northern polity is not designed to separate from this island. When I say this, I know some Tamil friends of mine, they get hurt. Because when you argue this on a moral grounds, what I am suggesting is an offensive thing. I know that. But we have to face for the reality. If this notion is not accepted, there are only two ways. One is once again start a separatist struggle and get thrashed out by the Sri Lankan army. Secondly, you know, keep quiet. So therefore, I will uh, wind up my uh, expressions. What I am saying is, Sri Lankan future, one day Sri Lanka has to settle with federalism. There is no argument on that whether we like it or not. Because otherwise, either we have to annihilate Tamils and Muslims, or we have to assimilate Tamils and Muslims into the major race, like Italy and France did. But in modern time, you can't do that. If our forefathers have thought about that in 18th century or 17th century, we must have done that. And then there is no problem. Therefore, nobody can stop this. It will happen. But not immediately. But in order to ameliorate the conditions of the fellow human beings, we have to adopt a pragmatic approach in this regard. That is my argument. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Sanjana, for this opportunity. Thank you for all for being here. It's um, interesting as well as encouraging to see all of you, although small in number, have turned out that shows the interest for a discourse on federalism, which is happening probably after, I don't know how long, maybe 10 years or nine years. So <clears throat> I think we, both Shirar and I would be joined in uh, congratulating Sanjana and the organizers for organizing this, daring to organize, and more so all of you to have come. That shows interest and everything is not lost. Right. 
Thank you, Shiral, as always, for the, for the frank and very <coughs> expressive exposition. Um, <coughs> my task has been made a little more difficult because um, there is nothing much to respond because um, Shiral couched in such a way he had also <laughs> said that we would end up in federalism, but then how do we go? <laughs> so, okay, let me just um, pick a few things for, uh, not for the sake of picking, but then let's also analyze what we, what we have been doing. Um, this, uh, <clears throat> as Shiral said, in discussing a political solution, the discussion in relation to federalism dates back to 1926, when late Mr. S.W. Adebananayake floated the idea, federal idea for Sri Lankan state, that is to cater to the caste and political realities, which was ironically and strongly rejected by no less a person than late Mr. G. G. Ponambalam. We'll be probably, you know, I mean, the first, first of the three Ponambalams that we would link to this debate. Then, Mr. Ponambalam himself, ironically, was again, was in the forefront of, uh, I mean, he, he propagated the idea of 50-50. I wouldn't want to go to the detail because knowing the audience, it's, it's, it's probably, I mean, everyone knows. Then comes, recently when, uh, when Sanjana spoke to me or wrote to me about this and he also referred to me to the recent um, uh, Tamil, TN, Tamil National People's Front, ITPN, of press statement calling for two nation, one country the, based on the constitutional models that have been followed, uh, that, have been, that is being adapted elsewhere on the basis of a plurinational concept. But <clears throat> all of them have been talking about federalism and it's all about federalism in different terminology and we ceased to talk, the, talk federalism 10 years ago till it became kind of an F word. And, and we are now in the process of reviving it. Not, we are not the first, but then it's been happening slowly, but then we are probably the first um, public event that, that's been happening. So the signs are good, otherwise we wouldn't have started. <clears throat> Just jumping back to <clears throat> Shiral's exposition, Shiral also spoke about the real polity, the reality. And it's not only the Tamils who are uh, who I would find fault or who would be, who should be uh, termed that they have not been supportive of incremental um, increase of devolution or decentralization as Shiran said it. But it's been, it's been the case. Now take for example as um, uh, the recent, recent uh, manifestos of main political parties. Interestingly, UNP, which contested its presidential election in 2005 and almost won, if not for Tamils, 
went before the single masses on a federal constitution or federal 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 country to be restructured in a federal model which has in 2017 had chosen to uh, label its form of structure in the new constitution that it is going to promulgate if it wins the election on unitary state then again the upfa as it has been doing, it has also labeled it unitary state. Then JVP does not talk about uh, structure of the state. I mean, they stick to the um, uh, freedom, the democracy, and citizenship, and etc. Then you come to TNS. Indeed, it has come from uh, 1977 or what to resolution to a united and undivided Sri Lanka. But they also go on to tag it to a unit that is merged with North and East. Why I'm saying is, all three of them have in their manifesto thought to tell their constituencies in things which they, are not, they themselves are not fully convinced. Because both the SLFP and the UNP for over a long period of time have shown flexibility when it comes to the discourse in relation to constitution making or uh, constitutional reform or um, restructuring the state, call it whatever that you will, have shown acceptance to devolve or share power. And the, the, the Tamil polity, while asking for a federal uh, solution, have not, themselves have not come and articulated in the event if there is a federal uh, solution related to a territory or a geographical unit, how the, the, the Tamil, that federal uh, administration would deal with a small, numerically smaller minority within that region. And thus, the issue that I'm trying to highlight is that we, as, uh, as the political parties or the powers that be, are not ready to tackle the issues that are there head-on and take it to the people. Federalism is not an end in itself. Federalism, also, it's not, it's not the first principle. It's a collection of principles, first principles, that would lead to a system that we may call it federalism. And federalism, as Shiral had said, it can take diverse forms. Federalism is also <clears throat> the, the, the idea that I like in federalism is federalism has so much of flexibility it can accommodate different variants. So, <clears throat> uh, the, going back to um, the, 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 the first principle that everybody is talking, um, uh, the, I am also reminded of Late Mr. Ashraf, I remember him telling at one, one of the discussion, he said the issue is not about federalism. Issue is about sharing of power. And checking the majoritarianism. I did not see uh, my good friend Shiral differing on those two. Even in terms of Singhala psyche, I, I, didn't, I didn't see uh, a reservation with regard to sharing of power. And what is uh, the coming to the incremental 
approach is the the fact that the sin uh, i mean as i understand although it's not uh, shiral did not um, spell it out today the the the, the single most opposition for federalism is on the basis federalism would lead to secession right but <clears throat> we have now lived with the 13th amendment for the last almost 30 years and i don't think in the discourse that is to be advanced or taken to the people the example of 13th amendment has not led to federalism is advanced with sincerity but now we are and also the issue i i adverted to the 2005 election because that did not happen overnight since 1994 there was a concerted effort by a section of the singhala political leader to educate the singhala masses towards um, uh, to make make them understand the 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 grievances of the the other communities that inhabit sri lanka i think sudanelu movement was one right and and something like that so that when when the political leaders commit themselves uh, extricating from their political populist uh, personal populist slogans people would realize so we have also not made use of the the fact that you know we have remained united um, um after the 13th amendment was so so long is not advanced adequately what do we have instead now instead now the provincial council will not lead to there is no 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 discourse or no no one alleges the provincial council would lead to separation but now it's the land powers you give the land powers that it would lead to separation so the 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 idea of the 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 what is meant by uh, uh the 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 first principle of um, autonomy the 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 idea of autonomy is not being taken forward to um, to the masses to i i i am rather reluctant to use the term educate to make them aware that the political settlement and people uh, allowing people to shiral also said we are even from the family the centralization is their father is a dictator but we have come we have come i am sure we are, as a country we have come far away from that it will be it will be difficult and i know for sure he doesn't practice because i know he has a son who is very independent much more independent than the father so it happens in the family so that that autonomy that we now tend to exercise it is also not so i mean i also would uh, also would i i would want to preempt him it's not that family independence or independence within family autonomy within family is also not something limited to colombians as he would say it is also taken to the periphery to the grassroots the <clears throat> therefore the, the the point that i'm trying to make is maybe that we shed labels 
maybe we shed labels, we go to the, the, the principles, people would want autonomy, or people want to share power. I mean, autonomy meaning they, uh, people should be able to decide and make an input, make, may contribute to the decision to affairs that would directly affect them. And that, it is also duty of the political elite. Now say, for instance, the, the, if we go to, we, we have representation of the, 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 parli the parliament. If you ask me, the vast majority of the parliamentarians are not going to have a, have a view on their own, right? But they would also do anything that would be politically expedient for them in order to sustain the political power. So what do we do now? I think the, the, from here, as Shiral also said, I also said, we need to target the leadership, leaders of political parties, and maybe the media, maybe the singular civil society, maybe the opinion makers need to start talking honestly and with objectivity with regard to enlightening people to the need that we need to respect the different, um, uh, respect members of different communities, members speaking different languages, that they are equal citizens to live in one country. I think there has been demonstration on the part of um, the, the numerically smaller communities. Now, from, from, the, from the position of the separa separation, the Tamils, I don't think anyone today, including the, the ultra-nationalists, uh, say that they want a separate country. Now, everyone wants to live in a united country. So, the constitutional, uh, uh, the, the, you know, the rights, the autonomy, all that can be, we have also, uh, as, uh, as citizens, as, as Sri Lankans, we are also used to be uh, governed by laws, very strict statutes created for everything. Therefore, our, our judiciary would also very strictly interpret what is in the law. In, in those circumstances, constitutional guarantees are a must. And just to also to uh, uh, rejoin the, the constitutional reforms, whatever that needs to be made, I, I think I need to beg to differ from Shiral. Shiral said he doesn't want a constitution, but the current government, also the part of the government, or the majority of the government again, had in their manifesto, had sought a mandate for new constitution. And the, the second major uh, partners in that national unity government within court have also said substantial um, amendments to the constitution, including um, um, powers relating to devolution, power electoral reform, on electoral reforms, powers relating to devolution are those that are very critical. Those are the, those are the amendments that would take longer. The rest of the um, components of the new constitution, I'm sure the entire country is going to vote if it is with regard to citizens' rights, um, the Bill of Rights, um, the, good, the, um, the provisions that would enshrine good governance, transparency, right to information, etc., etc., everybody is going to. The, the naughty issues that we, that uh, Shiral is advocating for incremental, uh, in incremental addressing is, is primarily and probably only with regard to 
the devolution of power or sharing of power and constitutional reforms with regard to that. And that, in terms of real politics, if you do not do it probably within one or one and a half years of this parliament, I think you can rest assured that's not going to happen during the next five years. So therefore, if the labels are the problem, the unitary, the federalism, in, to sum up, let's keep that away, but take it to the people head on, but the real issue, the issue of autonomy, that people want to be respected, treated as equal citizens, and how do we ensure that? And also for people to exercise certain political power, political power, of course, is related to a territory. The territory, now, <clears throat> we also hear, after the unitary manifesto, before the election, now subsequently, after the election, and when, when a government, um, the national, government of national unity in vast numbers is in power, now we hear a pushback again. We will take the devolution a kind of a maximum devolution and to the to the uh, to the unit that is closer to the people meaning the re re reinventing of the the gamudava or the village council type of thing now this how sincerely it is being said and how sincerely the 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 other communities would feel is a is a matter that had not been given thought to because now you have in the manifesto itself, as I said, now TNA is saying, okay, united and undivided country, but tagging on to the unit should be the northern east merged. And I said, how fallacious it, because the Tamil polity has itself had not engaged in discourse with the, the would-be regional numerical minorities. Similarly, you, in order to exercise a, a certain degree of autonomous political power, you, that also need to be rooted to a unit. And there is consensus that we would retain the province as the minimum unit of power. And then now, after the unitary, now there is this thing that is being trotted out as we take it to the periphery the most, to the, uh, to the, to the village level, to the, to the first year of governance. And that will be resisted that will be looked with suspicion so therefore we need to we need to sincerely encourage a discourse with honesty and objectivity with certain certain uh, non negotiables like now everybody agreed the country is not going to be divided and i think there is more than uh, sufficient or more than 90% consensus for province to be the unit of devolution so and then you also have, um, I mean, there is no question with regard to uh, the center exercising mm, the national, uh, national policy, foreign relations, defense, finance. So those things are put, why not? Why not we encourage the, the, the power sharing minus those with meaningful um, devolution of power, sharing of power at, the, at, the, at, the, at, the, at, at a level where the communities or the people who have been demanding for fair share of power to enjoy them. And this discourse, I think, we as political activists, civil society activists, we need to push this, get at the political leaders to be frank and honest to their constituency, 
and then also probably if, if if we can prevail upon the media and opinion makers also to go to the society and explain. I, <clears throat> I think with that I'll wind up and thank you Sanjin again. Thank you Shiral, thank you Faiz uh, for those uh, very thought-provoking submissions and quite rich as it were as well. Um, just to remind you that these podcasts, even for those who didn't come this evening, will be made available online on Ground Views uh, for audiences both here who didn't come but also abroad to engage with. I think it's particularly relevant in light of the historical juncture that we are at, that we had these two gentlemen come and share some of their thoughts, which for those of you in the audience who also heard Jayan Patavikramrat and Rohan Edirsinger, uh, are, are interesting counterpoints in some occasion on, on, on some issues, but also convergence on other issues and ideas as well. I think Shiral's points about uh, the art of the possible, uh, as it were, um, resonates with uh, my question to Rohan that evening about uh, how much we are willing to compromise uh, around that we want to see uh, around a modern and new constitution. Uh, so it's nice as a curator to have this continuity in the discussions, but also for those who came just today, I suppose, to engage with just the two submissions. So thanks again, and particularly for Faiz for <laughs> what must have been a, a, a rather superhuman effort to come with the degree of pain that he's going through. And also for Shiral, of course, being the coordinating secretary of the president is no easy thing. Uh, so with that, uh, I open up the floor for any questions that we have. Uh, there are two mics and please wait until a mic is in your hand to ask your question. Thank you. Um, thank you very much, gentlemen, both for a um, uh, lot of history and perspective. Um, 1926, I think you mentioned Mr. Laktilaka was when this discussion started first. Um, I get the impression that Mr. Bandarnak and Mr. Ponnambalam were playing politics. Um, I'm a simple engineer. So simple engineers like to, I'm not a civil society person or a lawyer or a constitutional scholar. Engineers, engineers like to try and understand the problem statement. They want to understand the problem statement. So I'm asking the question, 89 years later after this discussion started, does somebody have a problem statement as to what we're trying to solve? Because I'm hearing a solution being proposed and we're talking about the flavors of that solution. So can we go back to that? Discrimination is an absolute reality. This lady was just telling me before we started that at the national hospital, the form is only in English and Sinhala. So I'm just giving you a perspective on that as well. So can we try and see whether a problem statement can be discussed? I think uh, in my, my uh, speech at the beginning, I, I started with the problem statement. You know, uh, this is the thing. Uh, in Sri Lanka, uh, when you talk about this particular topic, always uh, this question asked in very simple way, what is the specific problem that Tamils are having? That's the question. So, that is for once again, for last 30 years, we have given answers. Uh, the, in this way, I will put that. This is a, this is not a, this is a non-tangible right we are talking. Therefore, we are not talking about not putting Tamil names or signboards. Those are not. I mentioned that in any civilized society, 
we are human beings first human beings have a certain dignity dignity is equal right that is the notion of human rights so there is a problem in sri lanka which is called the there is a gap in enjoying of political liberty and political equality yeah when it comes to polit- enjoying political power it's not equal and also it's not equally ex- expressive so that so as an engineer i know in political science i can easily explain but when it converts into the practical thing simple uh, section we can get from the UND united nations human rights declaration i think it's 120 no uh, 21 every person must have a, his own representative to express and find solution for their grievances the tamil people's thing that is not happening in that equal manner that is the problem so it's a aspirational problem that's again non tangible yeah yeah mic. you can discuss uh, uh, sorry uh, once other two mics dekak thina na ek mic hai thin are passe in mahatta tagan no no you keep that for you yeah please go ahead. Um, can you elaborate a little bit about you were talking about the structure of federalism versus the process of federalism i at the end of this i'm still a little bit hazy on i thought the structure of a political system determines the processes of that system in any country even in sri lanka the structures are the main structures executive uh, judiciary and legislature then you have various other institutions those are structures then you need a uh, methodology to implement your decision making that those are the structures it related with governance because you 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 talked about the tamil community wanting to implement the structure but not the process yeah so my my argument is that always they talk about federalism as a structure not as a process so this is my 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 identify identification of their problem of i mean the way they are putting forward their solution to the masses so even from 1959 they talk only about a federal model they never elaborated the way they want it tell me any one literature which has elaborated other than isga which is a confederal model elaborated the nature of federal model where they want i don't know sanjana do you have no. have you seen i have not seen but you might want to say what isga is i don't think yeah that. no no i mean what i'm saying is i mean now i know cp has compiled a huge uh, document on history displaying the the various agreements and uh, documents i have never come across single document which was produced by tamil political party or tamil 
intellectuals which showed the contours the processes oh that that is important to understand what kind of solution we are talking of whether it's a quasi federal or uh, <coughs> confederacy or uh, consociational model except there are so many models so how can you agree when you don't have your opponents uh, uh, map i'm not for me i mean if you if you think singhala polity and tamil polity as loggerheads or in two camps who are haggling each other to come for a compromise where is the other part there is no other part counter proposal is not there just true just to intervene there what chiral says is true but then we have gone as a country slightly beyond that if you would recall the the discussions that were held when uh, president rajapaksa was the president after 2010 there were few rounds of discussion between the government delegation and the tna delegation i'm not for a moment endorsing what happened there but i think there not in the public eye there are certain contours that have been that have been put on the table this is just for just for information that's about it yeah uh chandra you want to go first yeah sri lal i like to uh, take you on your marketing part and lead you to uh, some some particular direction uh you analyze two types of marketing positive marketing where you go and say what are the benefits or the negative if you don't do it this is what you get but there is a, another each one which are, uh, there are various names let's call it utopian marketing everybody gets what they want okay there are toys as you know which can be turned in an instant of turning around to become a rocket to a superman to a rock ball to so that's flexibility is there so why have we not looked at a marketing which you go and ask the people what do they want right if you find the people what they want and if there is a model that delivers what they want if you put some guiding principles of what people want and market that this is what we are delivering we are not delivering a structure or a process we are delivering what people want if they want peace if they want to live with each other if they want economic growth if they want prosperity whatever they want they want to have water shared or whatever whatever their particular needs that is what we should be marketing sudunelum also i think failed because they were trying to you know offer some let's not go into those let why not your marketing approach you're talking word marketing came throughout your this thing i think there is a solution to the marketing which can be by asking and when you are saying again you reduce this marketing initiative to two segments tamils of the north and the singhalese of the south also there are there are others what about the uh, the other left out communities the 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 even the the beach vedas of uh, of of batikalo to uh, to uh, the estate tamils of one place to another so so you don't problem here is that we are trying to 
use this marketing technique of trying to find a solution base which people want to deliver and that way you will be able to market you don't have to wait till uh, your long term put guiding principles based upon what people want and say this is what we are going to produce as a constitution within this constituent assembly or constitutional assembly or whatever that's going to be we are going to solve these are what people want one example before and after the election C cpa survey uh, you find that you would have found that probably everybody believes that after the victory people would have wanted less to be one. But if you look at those figures, which was before and after, after people are more willing to share power. So there are indications, people-based. Unfortunately, everything that's been done is power-based or politician-based. Look for marketing that is people-based, delivering what they want. And that probably is the solution uh, to what we want rather than incremental. Do you want to respond briefly or you want to? That is more of a comment, I suppose. Or you want no, to? I mean, I was talking according to my topic. The F word related to Sinhala society. So that's why I'm talking about. I'm not talking, I was not, you know, putting forward a broader idea how to market constitutional reforms. I was talking about the challenges of marketing federalism. Constitutional reforms, yes, no problem. But when it comes to uh, effort or power sharing is also okay. But you should climb another step from there. Then only you find the difficulty. So I am very appreciating your positive thinking, no problem. I may perhaps I may be a negative thinker. That negativeness has come after struggling for this whole course for three, three decades. But I am still positive. Yes, you are correct. I have no particular uh, counter-argument for you. No, not Kian. Sorry, there was one in front. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, hi. Um, <clears throat> just have a quick question for any one of you on the, on, on the stage today. Uh, one of the benefits of being here for three days and listening to various speakers is the, is the continuity. The unfortunate side of it is it also causes a little bit of confusion. Um, just, uh, just clarity, uh, a statement was made today on the stage that the SLFP and the UNP have been very flexible in approaching this whole issue. Whereas if I recall on the first day, uh, one of the speakers mentioned that both in 1972 and in 1978, 72, the SLFP and 78, the UNP, missed an opportunity to achieve a compromise. So uh, I got the impression there that the SLFP government wasn't flexible in 72 and the UNP government wasn't flexible in 78. And yet I heard something today that said they've both been very flexible. So I'm a little confused. I'm just looking for some, clari some clarification. A any one of you can address this. Yeah, no, <clears throat> everything, I mean, let me preface it saying everything is comparative. When I said flexible, it's also comparative. But this is, this is after 78. In 1994, um, Mrs. Chandrika Bandanayaka led the SLFP government and that started a process. By the time we had LTT in full force and the, the awareness within the polity, the need for a um, resolution of this power sharing debate. So that led 
until 2004. Um, even there was the, I'm sure one of the speakers would have also adverted to the 2000 draft constitution. 2000 draft constitution was prepared by the SLAP, SLAP government. So that had, uh, a, to borrow a phrase from my friend, an incremental uh, evolution in terms of devolution. It's not, 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 that, not that something that was satisfactory, but it had, because 1995 the SLAP government put forward another draft which even suggested um, union of regions, right? Mm -hmm. Union of regions. I mean, now we are talking, we are, we are fighting side to talk about federalism or even devolution or power sharing. But then 1995 draft under Mrs. Bandhanayaka Kumaratunga had the words union of, union of regions. And then after um, um, 1994, the 2001 UNP government came, the ceasefire was entered into, and then the talk started even at that time. Uh, the, 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 the principle that was agreed to, by, adverted to by Shirali in Oslo in nine, 2003, uh, uh, a solution based on, a federal solution based on internal self-determination was agreed upon. These were, the, these were agreements that have been reached at the highest level by respective governments. But then still, my, 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 my question was, with all that, we have now gone back to square one or square zero. Yeah. Um, Mr. Laktilaka's reference to incrementalism resonated with me. Uh, the reason being that we have a history of broken promises. And incrementalism can be useful in terms of mending the lack of trust and confidence between the two communities, or three communities, or many communities. Um, what I find difficult, however, to reconcile is the fact that incrementalism is spoken about without necessarily implemented in the immediate. Um, if you look at the 13th Amendment, there are provisions that are not implemented, that can be implemented tomorrow. Uh, example being the National Land Commission. Why isn't the National Land Commission established? Because the National Land Commission envisages a system where the provincial councils will have input on the formulation of policy on land. So I, I'm just wondering whether we have ABC uh, and not implementing ABC but talking of H and we would never get to H because there's no trust that even the ABC would be implemented. So we often discuss constitutional reform in a vacuum and, and fail to link it to the lack of trust between the, the parties that are actually negotiating towards constitutional reform. So I'm just wondering whether Ms. Laktilaka can uh, comment on that and whether this government has a commitment to actually implement the ABC in, in the hope that uh, we can one day get to the edge. No, you are correct and I have no argument with you. Now, but don't forget that even land powers when I was a member of Western Provincial Council, we, we have enacted the statute, even the Northwestern province. Then the last government stopped that. So, uh, more, as you correctly said, we have to set up the National Land Commission. When you come to A, B, C, I will agree with you A and B, but not the police powers, not that I don't like that. The, as I said, now, when we go to this issue, a lot of emotions are connected with. 
they may be unfounded right as i if i revert back to my original argument why singalists think like that so we are having a rational argument we are discussing in a rational platform but the majority of this country are strict poverty stricken 50% of the 10 million are rural poor masses right they are not consumers as well as citizens so therefore you can't fix a benz engine to a bullock cart so this is the problem okay you can go ahead right i agree that there are real politics to to consider but i wonder whether if your if your objective is to build trust between the parties that are negotiating whether you can take that position in light of the fact that this is part of our constitution perhaps the problem is that there is no culture of constitutionalism no, no. and that we don't respect the fact that there is a constitution that has to be upheld regardless of the po- the political cost uh, the political cost does not apply if you want to uphold fundamental rights why sh- why should we have a different approach to the 13th amendment i, I take objection even to the u- use of the word 13th amendment because it almost uh, feels like a addition to a constitution when in fact the constitution is already amended and it is part of the constitution so i wonder whether that is part of the problem and we don't respect the fact that we have a constitution in this country you know my definition for 13th amendment is a is a child born through a cesarean operation if G- jr didn't do that even we don't we won't be able to enjoy that powers if you look at the way the society you know the problem of singhala polity is it it's there, there are so many issues we are same i mean so many factors one is intimidative politics the our politics are not principled politics no? so look at mr anil vikramasinghe he is considered by this educated community as a very intellectual liberal guy you no know? look at he behaved in 2000 draft in front of can can you understand it look at colin adisilva all are intellectuals liberal minded although marxist liberal minded people why is that why because they there is a compulsion from the mind, they are illiterate so they play play into this game so therefore that's why i am saying incremental unless and until we change this demography poverty stricken demography you can't think about big things in sri lanka even this election mr vikramasinghe escaped by very narrow margin eight district they won slp i mean slp means this uh, the the uh, what do you call the you rural think? masses so eight district single eight districts are not with uh, this government i uh, this numerical what i am saying you have to understand it what are the district they got all multicultural districts except uh, even mathalai is like that all are multicultural district all pan singhalese district 
they didn't give the mandate so then what happens when we and not that we don't like as that gentleman said when you go to marketing so then there are spoilers spoilers whip up those eight districts which are majority wise i mean more powerful in a this kind of a linear debate or linear battle so this is what happened in 2003 can you believe singhala people voted for unp manifesto which contains uh, what do you call it uh, not only federalist solution and interim government notionally 2001 singhala people voted but what happened thereafter you have to understand uh, i mean we are all passionate to introduce but uh, that's why this uh, i mean you have to understand the real politics of the society can i just no it's not only i think anyway i'm not discouraging huh? i'm not discouraging sanjana or this kind of work all this good work what cpa is doing i'm for a moment i don't want to discourage any passionate person who want to push this but i am giving a critical analysis that's all now my my question shiral uh, my 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 question is whether it's the masses or the grassroots singhal electorate that is doing this i actually tend to agree with mr chandra jayawardena when he said you go to the people i i take it that he was saying you side track the spoilers you side track the politician who is um, who whose vested interest is uh, his or her political life and future so you go to the masses and explain what when you do a b c this is the thing so i think that is what you are also now trying to say the singhala masses in 2003 2004 voted for for uh, as you said federalism and um, what's the other one you said um, the interim federal state huh? interim. interim government and all that so what happened thereafter it's it's actually it's the uh, it's the um, politicians i think on the whole with vested interests who have been um driving or kind of turning this psycho into a into a different thing i i disagree because take this gentleman he's a royalist engineer right but look at his vision so there is a particular pattern in sri lankan uh no sir sir no what i am saying i am taking i am wait 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 until i i conclu- conclude my argument right this so, is what happens when you wear a royal t-shirt you know, <laughs> no 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 sorry sorry no i am not i am saying uh, what i am want to say that it is not only restricted for rural masses singhala rural masses even within the professional educated singhala masses this particular psyche is there right so although the majority is 10 million poverty groups right among the educated uh, elite groups and professionals this is there mr lakthilaka the only reason why i have this shirt on because it costs 800 rupees as opposed to going and buying something at at odell for 3000 rupees i'm being a practical engineer now you seem to have a huge issue about this my point is 
I raised a simple question about what is the problem statement. The discussion about a federal thing is a solution. I'm asking what is the problem statement. That's all I'm saying. That is based on, if it's based on discrimination issues, what are those specific discrimination issues? Those can be addressed rather than having this gigantic esoteric discussion about the shape of the federal solution. Sarah brought this up, I think, on that night. And he said, look, let's not talk about this unitary or the federal thing. Let's look at the functional issues. Can we address the functional issues? I think that was an absolutely sensible suggestion. That's what I was trying to get to Mr. Laktilaka, nothing else. And okay. I hope you understand, I'm wearing this shirt only because it's 800 rupees. Okay, but not for any other reason. Now I'm referring, I'm, a, I'm getting an example, not I'm particularly referring to you. Sorry if you hurt your feelings. I never, I, I mean, but I wanted to show that although I, my main argument is that half of the population, single is, are uh, going for this kind of pan-single thinking, it is not only restricted for that, even within the educated class, majority. If you look at the way the, the, the Sinhala educated professionals voted, even last election, there is apprehension. So it's not a given, basically. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's what I said. Very good. Uh, I think this fruit for more discussion. Yeah, do you want to, maybe final question? Unless there's a pressing one after this. No, this is another quick question. <clears throat> there's been a lot of talk up today about how the masses think. Um, I just ranked out. I went up into the, into the hills one day and in the tea estates, and I was talking to a manager of a plantation. And just out of curiosity, I said, I said, you know, how do the folks who work on this plantation vote? Mm. How do they decide to cast their vote? And the manager of the plantation said, they come to me. Mm. I tell them. They ask my opinion and they ask my advice. So when we talk about how the masses think, how much of what they think is actually what they really think or how much of what they're told how to think? And if it come, if we say it's what they're told how to think, then is that an easier problem to solve than trying to solve how the masses think in general? Any one of you? Which kind of links back to Chandra's marketing issue in a sense, in my mind at least, but maybe the two of you have a... Yeah, you are correct. But when it comes to psychosocial analysis, there's certain thing in our subconscious mind which we call collective unconsciousness. That collective unconsciousness is connected to certain things, certain values. Now, if you look at the way Mr. Gotabe Rajapaksa planned Api Venuen Napi, right? He was talking about in that song certain things related to Gajaba, but not relating, not particularly mentioning the Gajaba. So he was touching that. There's a touching point which has settled in our mind. That's why I said, overtly, what you have said is correct. Always somebody is, you know, directing. But there's certain point within our society which you have to address. So far in marketing, that was not addressed. Mm. That is my argument. Mm. I am not an expert on that area, mm. but some 
sanjanas and others have to think about that that particular in 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 in, in, in so psychosocial analysis we are saying that this particular point has to be addressed so far i have not seen that point was addressed in communication strategy david me mahatar you sorry you had a question as well is it a comment can it wait after because we are we are pushing time okay uh, so david david you go first and then just a very quick note on the same topic because shirala at the beginning of his intervention quoted the example of switzerland as a background information in 1845 when we adopted our fundamental chart our constitution based on the federal system i guess that probably 90% of the population has no clue what federalism was 90% of population have never visited the other linguistic area of the country probably in 1845 less than the literacy rate was less than 50% so there was a very limited elite political economic that decided to go for federal mode and then they create after the culture of federalism you mentioned that there is no culture of federalism in zelanga it took 200 years to create this culture but first you need the fundamental chart then you introduce the teaching of the federalism into the curriculum at school uh, sensibilization public debate it takes years but i agree with the intervention that perhaps the problem is the lack of constitutionalism value in this country so you discuss so many years about the, which form which shape to give your constitution but the problem is there probably it's not the federalism is the constitution itself you know the value of the constitution what kind of value a society give to the fundamental chart perhaps because at that time we were still close to the french revolution and so on it was easier at that time to uh, be deeply entrenched into this uh, value of a constitution and today perhaps in zelanka you have completely different uh, history background and so on you have a different uh, issue to tackle but I, i would disagree with you when you say you first need a federalist culture and then you go for a federalist model no i would say is the contrary you first got the the fundamental chart and then you go for the culture that is the example of switzerland so i'm not saying is apply also to zelanka but that's is the history of my country chira can you wait uh, one second we will have the final comment i hope it's uh, a, a short one yeah can uh, our foreign minister when he gets back from geneva make the same speech in singala in front of the singala masses i don't know you have to ask it from mangala uh, <laughs> what i want to say is that you are correct uh, in a way there was a the as sanjana said there was so much of missed opportunities no when sw bandarnayaka and uh, mr chelonayagam uh, was talking about this 1956 uh, solution they were all members at capri drinking right over a whiskey glass the elites could have been finalized this issue in 56 but we missed that opportunity but now you can the elites are now cannot take such decision as they like 
although we are saying that society is backward on the other way society is also informed so positive as well as negative campaigns can be activated in uh, in within the society in very quick uh, manner so very good example is look at uh, the 2003 to after ceasefire agreement when we started we were not opposed but the span of uh, one year started a huge campaign and ultimately mr vikramasinghe has become a traitor of the country that's why he couldn't even contested last election so now politicians are very careful about that including myself <laughs> yeah you are correct but uh, anyway mangala will do that he w- he don't care about that right uh, in singhala for, for for his credit he is not fearful on that but he has said other engineer he, he would uh, say to the singhala masses yeah yeah so they uh, yeah, yeah. mangala would but i'm not sure others <laughs> not entirely convinced but i think that's a wonderful place to also end the debate i i have always in the conceptualization of this uh, panel one of the things that i wanted to frame and bring out was also maybe the failure of our imagination our collective imagination to kind of uh, imagine ways out of uh, the conundrums that we are faced with today it always occurs to me that the solutions to what we have seen as stark dramatic challenges and problems are always in the same mold as it were um and i think creativity and imagination play some role um while taking on board everything that shiral has said i think um the person he uh, uh says good morning to every morning the president of our country in a very practical way since the 8th of january has created a culture of change uh i recall saying to international observers that the general election on 17th of august was such that none of us had experienced before you didn't have huge cutouts you didn't have posters accosting you the noise the literally the noise around the election was dramatically almost silence you know it was so bizarre as it were and uh, you know that was not the kind of timber around the election you could have dreamed about literally this section here was not something that when i started talking with asanga and channa in uh, february 2014 we even conceptualized as part of this exhibition we were looking at 43 years of constitutional evolution but the 19th amendment was not something that we thought could be passed so i think that history suggests even with apartheid in south africa with the political developments here that what we think impossible today is within the domain and the art of the possible tomorrow and it what it requires i suppose is what chiral from his position and fais from where he is and all of us from where we are also need to encourage our political classes to have the courage uh, it's also not for me a chicken and egg scenario i think that political vision and will and leadership does change dynamics in the masses uh, there is no question about it i think and i think uh, david to your point while in switzerland it might have been from a normative uh, scenario where people just didn't know about federalism i think what chiral and fais and all of us are as you know full well also uh the question is the vilification of the f word it's the 
the association, the normative association with everything that is evil uh, and subversive uh, and even terrorizing that the, the popular psyche uh, uh, and, and anybody who is a proponent of this needs to deal with. It's not an insignificant problem and challenge, as you know. So I suppose with Chandra's point, the marketing issue, the, 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 the fundamentals of why we are talking about this, uh, the power structures that exist that could be leveraged for it, uh, Gihan's point about uh, Gihan's point about constitutionalism, and that has been actually a late motive about about uh, the lack of respect for constitutionalism in this country. Are all points I think that we should take forward, uh, and uh, more than any other, I suppose, uh, keynote address this has left questions and avenues for further discussion. And I hope that both those in the audience will continue those discussions. Shirar is an approachable person. Uh, unlike some others in government. Um, and I think he also values this kind of public debate. As I said, even though he's now where he is, Shiral's roots are in this kind of discourse. Uh, and with that, uh, may I thank Mr. Laktilaka and Mr. Faiz uh, very sincerely for coming this evening. It didn't occur to me till today that this is actually one of the first discussions we actually had on this F word uh, for a very long time. It, did, it wasn't in my mind. I was looking at it from the construct of what is around us. But I suppose it is opportune that we start talking about this today. So thank you very much for coming this evening, and may you have a pleasant evening. Thank you. <laughs>